Welcome to 2019, everybody, and welcome back to episode number four, uh, Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. My name is Randy Ray, and I am once again honored to be sitting in the same room with the 11th president of West Texas A&M, Dr. Walter Wendler. Thanks, Randy. Pleasure to be here, as always. Always fun to do these things. Yes, sir. 2019 is here, and I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about what 2019 is going to do for WT and what WT is going to do for 2019. What do you think? Well, I like that, and I like the two-way street. We're going to help each other. We're going to help 2019, and 2019 is going to help us. We continue to make progress. As we closed out uh, 2018, we uh, had the groundbreaking for the the new uh, Vero Center, which is the Veterinary Education Research and Outreach uh, on the West Texas A&M University campus out by the new ag facility. And uh, we're very excited about that. We produce a lot of pre-veterinary medicine students who um, go on to Texas A&M to study, um, to take a DVM, a doctor of veterinary medicine. And we're proud of that relationship. And it's it's enhanced by the fact that we're part of the Texas A&M University system. As a matter of fact, we are the largest provider of students into the DVM program at Texas A&M after Texas A&M, and that includes a lot of good universities, the University of Texas, Texas Tech, University of Houston, universities from out of state, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. We we are providing a a good, firm uh, foundation for students to study uh, veterinary medicine at uh, Texas A&M University, which, by the way, is one of the top three um, uh, DVM programs in the nation, and I think number six or seven on the planet. It is absolutely a great vet school, and our relationship to them uh, through our ag programs and our general academic programs. We, we, we produce good students here. They're, they're, uh, uh, they're the best, some of the best uh, um, undergraduate coursework with high-intensity interaction between faculty and students creates good professional school students, and this is, this is proof of that. So that groundbreaking, also included in that groundbreaking uh, back in December, was the, um, the new uh, Texas Medical Veterinary Diagnostic Lab. I say that slowly. We refer to it as the TVMDL. There's just too many syllables in, the, in that title to say easily, but um, we're proud to have them on the campus because the, the TVMDL, the Vero Center, the Ag School, we all work together in addressing the needs of agriculture in the top 26 counties of Texas. And as you know, that's our focus. So that was a, that was a big conclusion in my mind uh, to the end of the year. Do, when do you think that building will be finished? Uh, 2020. 2020. Bo- they both should be ready by 2020. And they're starting, they've already started uh, construction. If you drive by there, you won't see too much yet, but it's it's going to happen and it will happen quickly, just like the football stadium. Yeah. Just a massive ag complex out there. It is. It is. And, you know, we're working, uh, work uh, continues on or with um, TxDOT, the Texas uh, Department of Transportation, because uh, Russell Long Boulevard is being transferred from TxDOT um, supervision and responsibility uh, to the um, city of Canyon. And we're very excited about that. That may not seem like much. It seems like bureaucracy. But what happens is when Canyon takes possession of that road, 
they w- we will have the um, opportunity to do different kind of edge treatments, curbing, sidewalks, that kind of thing. And it's going to change the nature of that road. It's a spur now, and it looks like a spur. Well, mm-hmm. there's so much going on out there. It, it, it looks like a kind of a mess right now because there's so, so much traffic. It's just getting beat up. But when we're done with all the construction, TxDOT is going to repave it to our specifications, basically, and then transfer it to the city of Canyon. And um, Gary Hinders, the mayor, and the city council have all worked very diligently to um, to come up with some ideas about how they'll treat that road so that it serves both the city and the campus community in the best possible way. There'll be bike paths. There's going to be pedestrian access along it. It's going to transform itself. Yeah, Yeah, we're excited about it. It seems to me that WT and the City of Canyon are working closely these days and and better than ever, than they have ever before. Well, I I would like to – I hope that's the truth. We work diligently to reach out, actually not just to Canyon, but also to Amarillo and so on. We want to be good partners because good universities need to be good partners. Um, I've seen them – when I've seen it when it's not the case, and I've seen it when it is the case, and I will tell you that the latter is always better. When we make strong partners, it's kind of a marriage, and uh, these sort of uh, some people refer to it as town-gown relationships. I think they're pretty good here right now, um, and, and I don't think it's always been that way, but I think it is now. Well, well, I appreciate that. I, I'm I, we are working diligently at it. You know, we're trying to be involved. You know, I went out and visited all the schools in the in the top twenty-six counties, but that include all the schools in in um, Canyon and Amarillo also. In a sense, to extend the right hand of fellowship, I go to school board meetings uh, in both communities um, at least once a year, and I go to city council meetings at least once a year to talk about what we're doing here on the campus. Because when this campus prospers uh, and does a better job of educating students, well, the whole region, Randall and, and uh, Potter counties prosper, and that prosperity leaks out into the top 26 counties of Texas, and that's my goal, to serve them. I... I am. I believe our university should always put the needs of the t- people in the top 26 counties absolutely in the front row. Don't worry about the other major metropolitan areas in Texas. Those things will take care of our th- themselves. What we need to do is serve locally first and serve well. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the very fine working relationship that we have with uh, Mayor Henders in Canyon and Mayor Nelson in uh, Amarillo. Those relationships are powerful, and I think uh, they're good for the institution. In serving the Texas Panhandle, uh, I'm excited about some things that you mentioned to me earlier about some possible new degrees that we're going to work on here. Right. One, one in particular, you know, we have a, a, a longstanding PhD program in ag, and that's been very fine. Uh, but we are in January next, I don't know when exactly when the school starts, but we will um, welcome our first cohort of students in the Doctor of Education program. And this program is very uh, special. It's absolutely unique because it's a program that will help produce leaders, managers, and administrators for small school districts. Um, and the first ones, of course, will largely be the ones in the Texas Panhandle, and there are a lot of them. 
And leading and managing um, a small school district is different than a major urban district. And the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board sent a review team to our campus to look at our proposal from an outside perspective. And the gentleman from Vanderbilt University in uh, Nashville said that he has never seen it. And that's a very fine uh, college of education there mm -hmm. at Vanderbilt, said he has never seen a program focused like this one is on small communities. And he thinks it's... Um, he thinks it's going to be a very effective program, but the proof is in the pudding. And here's the pudding. We were going to take 15 students to start. We got over 50 applications that were completed and over 40 students, I think, uh, met all of our criteria uh, in every way. And we ended up not taking 15 students in the first cohort but taking 30 students in the first cohort. So we have already exceeded our own expectations. And um, I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I think that this attention to service in the top 26 counties, even to the naysayers, they say, well, that's a small population up there. You're going you're gonna to run out of people. Well, the fact of the matter is the United States population is still about 20% uh, rural and there are there are regions around the U.S. that are that in many ways are like the Texas Panhandle, constellations of small communities without access to a major metropolitan areas. Twenty percent of the population. So if we find ways to, uh, in a sense, crack the nut of service to these small school systems, they'll have applications in other small school systems all around the nation. And that's twenty percent of, of America. Interestingly, it's forty percent of China. So I, in my mind, I can see us serving the small communities in 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 um, in the Texas Panhandle in our top twenty six counties, this place that we call home, and I can see that going overseas to China. Languages are different, culture is different, but small schools are small schools. People have a different relation to them. They, they, I had the the um, superintendent at Channing tell me that he had been in every household of every student in the K-12 school that he was a superintendent. Yeah, that's exactly the right answer. The people at the University of Houston, if they started now and didn't qu didn't sleep, they wouldn't be able to get to those in 10 years. He's been to everyone, and he knows the families, and he's almost more like a pastor than a school superintendent. And I, it's a different kind of relationship with different kinds of skills, but we're, that's what we're about right here, uh, is, is really paying attention to people in smaller communities. Very, very exciting and very interesting too. We are going to take a break and uh, when we come back we're going to talk to a student at WT and we're going to talk about student leadership on campus. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. West Texas A&M University is proud to call the Texas Panhandle home and providing the top 26 counties with opportunity and qualified graduates is an important WT mission. From their first experience on campus to graduation day, the WT experience is a challenging series of steps that will embolden our students to reach their full potential and then in turn, go out into the Panhandle and make a difference. Quality education with a big local return is one thing you can find here at WT. For more information about West Texas A&M University, visit our website at wtamu.edu. Seconds. Welcome back to Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. Um, for this part, uh, this section of the podcast, we're going to be talking to Miguel Soto, who is the Transfer and Family Coordinator on campus. 
and he's going to graduate in five days. First of all, welcome and congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I'm definitely glad to be here. Uh, it's always good to come back and just really talk about the student experience. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for inviting. Miguel, I have seen you around campus a lot. You bleed maroon. You're a WT guy, right? Yes, sir. I like to think so. Yeah, you're a buffalo. Um, one of the things that I know that you're passionate about, and I am too, is things like students, student organizations and students getting involved on campus. Talk a little bit about that. So I think, you know, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, I think from my personal experience, not knowing really what the college experience was like, not really knowing what to expect, there were a lot of things um, that I was involved with that really helped kind of ground my experience for um, for what the next six years would look like. Um, so I think overall the the involvement for a student um, is crucial because those are the things that you learn outside of the classroom you know there you sit in about 15 hours a week uh, worth the class but everything else outside of the work I mean outside of the class really kind of teaches you what you need to learn as a student but what also you need to learn um, as a professional going into the career, you know, being a citizen um, in our community. So there's a lot of skills outside of the classroom um, that are crucial, but those skills are really what I feel helps build the student um, to be that future leader that we hope. I totally agree. My students get tired of hearing me say it, but I say it all the time. You have got to dig in. And by that, I mean, you've got to get involved with stuff outside of the classroom I, I i'm like you i believe that you learn every bit as much outside the classroom as you do in it and um you've got to get involved and that's 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 where we change as people i think when we do get involved with other organizations get to work with other people uh, talk a little bit about or organizations on campus how how important are they so you know there's there's about about 120 um, on-campus organizations, and they run from religious organizations to Greek life affiliations, um, service organizations, leadership organizations, academics, and so there's a range of organizations on campus that really students can can choose from. Um, I like to think that there's essentially you know one office for the umbrella, but students really get to pick where they want to go, um, and really focus on different areas in um, throughout their academics and so when it comes to student organizations I always encourage students to just pick and choose where they really want to invest their time in um, you know there's a saying you can't do everything um, but you can do one thing well and yeah. so when it comes to student organizations I always tell students you know pick one that you feel like you can truly invest in the one that you know is going to help you grow um, and truly invest in all of that and put your heart into that because as much as you as much as you're going to pour into that that organization is going to pour into you and it comes to reflect in the skills that you gain the experiences that you um, you are able to, to have and really the opportunities in the future that that one organization could open up for you yeah I think that's very wise I, I, I have known students in the past that get overly involved with too much and I think the grades start to suffer. I think that's part of the college process and I think that's part of growing is knowing how to balance that kind of stuff and knowing how involved with and how many organizations to be involved with. I encourage my students to, to be involved with a, an organization within our department uh, and in an organization outside, uh, be it a religious organization or some kind of club or something. Uh, I, I think by doing that kind of stuff it just makes us better balanced people. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that um, I tell my students is just really, and for me personally as well, is it's okay to step back. You know, it's okay to be involved in something and realize that it's really either one, not where you want to be, or two, it's not what you thought it was going to be. But also, you know, it may be one of those things that they are too committed to, you know, and it's been too consuming until they do have to take a step back. And I think for college students nowadays, there's a lot of pressure to take a step back in the things that they're involved with. Because it's either going to, um, they could either look at it as a sense of failure, um, they've let someone else down. And so there's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on college students to really just hold that on to themselves. And so when it comes to being involved, I always tell them, you know, if you think it's too much, it's okay to step back. Um, obviously do it with, with um, some grace, but I think once they realize that and recognize that the student involvement becomes a lot more exciting. You know, there are a lot more willing to become involved because there's not so much on their plate. Um, so when it comes to involvement, I just think that there's a lot of pressure, both good and bad, um, to grow, grow their skills, but also, you know, to, to really focus on just a small number of things instead of having to do yeah, a lot. I agree. Miguel, you have been, is it four years you've been a WT now? Uh, six years. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. You with my undergrad years, and grad, <laughs> grad work. Um, Seemed a little old. What is your favorite thing about this university? Um, I think in terms of the student experience, there's numerous opportunities from the grad level or from the undergrad level to the grad level, you know, just because you graduate from your undergraduate experience doesn't necessarily mean your experience ends. Um, I feel like I came late into the game with it, but you know, as a grad student, first year, no second year grad student, I was able to jump onto the cheer team, you know? And so that for me was exciting because all throughout my undergrad experience, I never thought that that was a possibility and I never tried to pursue it. And my graduate experience, you know, I kind of just jumped on it and the opportunity came. And so I, I, you know, I walked through that door. And so I think the, the overall, um, idea of continuing the experience for me is what really excites me because there's just so much out there, um, and really allows the students to choose and pave their own way. Um, and then, you know, choosing the opportunity to grow and to allow yourself to experience that new growth, um, I think is what, what I feel um, yeah. I've benefited yeah. from. All right. I'm, I like to throw curveballs, and I'm going to throw you both a curveball. Are you ready? Well, we're we're going to start doing this every every podcast. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, try. I mean, it's uh, here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Yeah. We're ready. I would like to hear from each of you, both of you, what is your favorite sound on campus? And I hear silence right now. So. <laughs> I like silence once in a while. It's not a bad thing. Sound no, no. I'll tell you what mine is. You want to go first, Miguel? You want me to go first? You go ahead. I uh, <clears throat> well, this may surprise people. You know, I have uh, in my office or outside my office a balcony that you know I can step out onto, mm -hmm. and in the nice weather, I do to take a breath and you know just kind of be. And when I do, I hear the fountain, the Buffalo Fountain, which is yeah. right behind uh, my office. And uh, that sound of that rushing water uh, is good to me. I grew up um, basically on the Long Island sound, no pun intended. And um, I, I was used to waves. I was used to nautical yeah. sounds. <laughs> There's not many of them up here in West no, Texas, no, but no. I still love West Texas. But the bottom line is uh, yeah, my favorite sound is probably uh, the, the rushing water of the Buffalo Fountain. So I think one of the things that I've enjoyed and and now that I've like had the opportunity to think about, um, it's really just the background noise that the student population 
um, brings to campus. You know, I work in the JBK, which is considered the student center uh, or the heart of um, WT when it comes to the student population. And, you know, in that student center, there's just so many students gathered around. Um, but it becomes that noise that I kind of push to the back of my head whenever I'm mm -hmm. sitting in my mm -hmm. office. Um, but whenever I step outside and I see and I hear all of these students, you know, it kind of just brings things to life. And that is a perfect example of when the Christmas holidays come, when the Thanksgiving holidays come, and even summer break where all of those students are gone. And it's just so quiet. Um, and so whenever we talk about it in our office, we talk a lot about how the students truly bring life to campus. And uh, I never really recognized that until uh, here recently where, I, you know, I've just started to learn uh, how to embrace that noise whenever I'm in my office and still hear it. Um, and then whenever you open the doors to walk outside of those office or my office, it's just so loud. And so whenever you finally have the opportunity to hear the noise and to really embrace it, uh, you it truly does show that students do bring life to campus. Yeah, I totally agree. One of my favorite sounds on campus is the sound of construction. Some people complain about, well, you know, it's noisy. <laughs> Man, it just it makes me feel like we have something going on here. Mm -hmm. It's life. And you ought to be real happy right now. <laughs> We've got a lot of it we going got a lot, on. A lot of noise a going on. A lot of noise. Right a lot of noise. Randy, if I may, I just want to make an observation. As, as I was listening uh, to uh, Miguel, um, kind of give his uh, story, his WT story. It's interesting to me that Miguel got involved in a very, I'll say, important, I think all extracurricular activities, the productive ones are important for a student experience, but he got involved in uh, uh, cheer as a graduate student. And I think, uh, Miguel, sometimes, and you're with students all the time, I think some students think, well, you know, this kind of extracurricular stuff is for uh, freshmen or sophomores to get them into the community. I don't think it ever stops. Mm -hmm. I, I think a graduate student that gets involved, and he, he just said it, how important it was to him. And he, what he said was, I walked through that door. And I, I think um, that's important. And I'll tell you a group that I'm that concerns me because I'm so um, energized about trying to be attractive to transfer students, somehow to look past or overlook the opportunities for engagement and what they might be for transfer students to get engaged in in the student life. You know, the, the things that makes the campus um, hum and and uh, breathe and and. Uh, be vital to people, and those I think those things are really critical. And I'm I'm proud that Miguel didn't say to himself, "Gee, I might want to do this, but it's too late for me." It's not too late for him. I mean, it's you know, it's it's never too late for any of us to get engaged in in something, try something new. And I think if the university doesn't teach that somehow by its actions, by opportunities, and that kind of thing, I mean, we might as well shut the door. We might as well shut the door. I think it's for everybody that where they can find avenues to engage and be part of something that's larger than themselves and Miguel is doing it I've known him basically since I've been here and I appreciate that that he was so transparent in that uh, in sharing that I think it's important I so much believe that the university is not just about educating students about a certain discipline it's teaching them how to be better citizens mm -hmm. And uh, I want to say how much I have enjoyed talking to both of you today. And uh, I am looking forward to our next podcast. And uh, I want to wish everyone out there a happy 2019 from West Texas A&M University. Please join us again next time for Reflections from WT, the Heart and Soul of the Texas Panhandle. Thank you, Randy.